Welcome to Late of the Rings, a podcast dedicated to Lord of the Rings the card game. My name's John, and here's my co-host. He's a great guy, lidless, wreathed in flame. Oh, sorry, a great eye. It's my good friend, Emery. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello, sir. <laughs> There's a bit of a follow-on from last episode's one where you, uh, where you could penetrate, um, what is it, flesh, bone, <laughs> whatever. Yes. And in fact, in the last episode, strangely, I I forgot to question you about that quote. But let's start with this one. So So this is the first pun that we've had. Imagine if that was the line. A great guy. The the great guy is ever watchful. What a great guy. He's he's a bit of a stalker, but he's he's got a good heart. Was it lidless? I, I always, I always like that lidless. Well, actually, it's funny you should mention that because lidless. I mean, to be honest, the reason why I plucked this quote is because I hadn't prepared anything, and I thought, well, what did I do last time? Oh, okay, I'll just do the same thing. Um, <laughs> but, but, but lidless. When I first read Lord of the Rings, when I was probably too young to read it, to like fully grasp what was going on, I was really confused by the word lidless in the book because of course it's not really a word that you would ever use especially as a child um and i was thinking because there were so many names for so many characters you know like gandalf had like six names and sauron had about six names i just thought littlest was one of his names (laughs) (laughs) the great eye littlest (laughs) littlest With a lowercase <laughs> L. That's his informal. Yes. It's a nickname. It's yeah. a nickname. Oh, old Lidless. <laughs> well, you better watch out for old Lidless back there. It's ever watchful. <laughs> ever watchful and wreathed in flame, is it? <laughs> yes. Wreathed in flame. It's, I mean, that's obviously one of the most iconic images in the book, isn't it? I mean, iconic. I that's our second pun of the year. Yes, uh... iconic. <laughs> And was there was the okay? Isn't there a famous sketch or little drawing by Tolkien, which perhaps, if I'm not mistaken, was on the first on the front cover of the first collection of Lord of the Rings, or it's for it's, it's got like the yeah black, white, and red. Yeah, the illus- it's got yeah. one bit of red in it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, illus- yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I've always thought that was a really iconic thing. I only saw that much much later because the copy I had of Lord of the Rings. Must have been some kind of second or third edition or something. The one I stole from my dad, mm-hmm. uh, borrowed, borrowed from my dad. Um, yeah, but that, that always kind of struck me, and and that was yet another thing. I thought, how are you going to do this in the in the film? Yeah, absolutely, because that was really tough. And I think they pretty much did as well as they could, because that's such an abstract yep. thing. Yeah, that it's, it's it's almost impossible to completely get right if you know what I mean well that's it when I read the books it's like I never really at any point thought there was a real giant eye up a tower exactly (laughs) yeah yeah it was more an abstract thing it was almost more like a something out of a you know like a spiritual or religious text Mm -hmm. or something wasn't it yeah 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 fascinating so how did we we get onto this (laughs) okay so I was going to ask you 
What was the quote you said last time? Oh, right. Um, okay. Which I yeah, forgot just... to go back and question you on. Can you remember? You're going to test me. <laughs> I think I recall it being a tough one to say. <laughs> um, it was about, well, I, I, I sort of paraphrased it a minute ago about how the eye sort of penetrates flesh and, oh, I can quickly look it up. Uh, let's see. Let's see. His gaze pierces cloud. It doesn't penetrate anything. It it pierces. It pierces cloud, shadow, earth, and flesh. You know of what I speak, Gandalf. A great eye, lidless, wreathed in flame. Oh, and who says that? Saruman. Oh, so, oh yes. Okay. Of men, yeah, of many colours. I think he's Saruman of many colours at that point, which I... I only thought of relatively recently, thinking back to the book, that that is something that they completely skip over in the uh, in the film, isn't it? When he becomes Saruman of many colours. And I, I know that in the Ralph Bakshi um, film, they do do it, and it is, his robe is is uh, pretty trippy. So, okay. Now, I don't recall that. See, again, I really need to go back and read the book, because I couldn't... I kind of had a vague recollection of that quote last time. But yeah. Is it true that that's in the book, but not in the film? Which one? Because my recollection of the the one from last week, the one about piercing. No, I think it's in the film. Is that in the film too? I think so. Terrible memory. (laughs) Yeah, it's when he he reveals the plantia, but I don't know which. If I've not, he reveals it before or after. Mm. (laughs) I love that whole scene. Is great because you can. You just sense the switch. You just you sense yeah. the tension yeah. that Gandalf feels straight away. Like, hold on a second, you shouldn't be doing this, and you're meant to be smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like you get it instantly, and you don't have to say it. You know, but obviously they do explain it a bit, but didn't really need to. But um, I, I always loved that whole idea of the Palantis. Yeah, the lost seeing stones, and they've not all been accounted for. That's what I love is that there could be yeah, exactly they, 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 they could be, be out there in Middle Earth somewhere, and who knows who's watching? Yeah, I love and that. one one of the people who is watching is probably Denethor. Denethor for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I I love that from the book. I think they did. I think they skipped that bit out of the film. Didn't they did. They? Yeah, where he's got a Palantir of his own, and I think I think they allude to it in the film when he says, "I see more than you yeah. imagine," or something like that to, to Gandalf. But I love the fact that, you know, obviously he's kind of driven mad, isn't he, mm-hmm. Denethor? And that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. You know, he's probably, so it probably means he's actually a really strong character. Yeah. That he's able just not to go insane straight away or get, you know, get rumbled, basically. <laughs> yeah, but and also, of course, if because Sauron is clever, of course, so he could manipulate what Denethor is seeing. So it's not necessarily just trying to take him over it's more destroying all hope do you do you think it was an early warning about the internet (laughs) (laughs) very early you can't trust what you see (laughs) no one knows who's watching you're getting lied to (laughs) who knows what's going on (laughs) well i didn't think of it till now but yeah story checks out (laughs) (laughs) it's very prescient work (laughs) (laughs) Um, but of course we all know that that's not true because the internet was of course invented by Douglas Adams well it was actually invented you know what when I was we talked funnily enough this came out the other day when we were when I was about eight or nine years old uh, at school 
we were, it was one of those rubbish bits of like pointless homework they gave us. You had to come up with an invention. <laughs> yes. Right. And my invention, having known obviously nothing about how telecommunications work or anything like that. And it was born out of pure laziness of not wanting to get up and go to school in the morning. <laughs> I invented this like, homeschooling system, mm-hmm. which is basically a screen, a keyboard, a camera. Right. And then you got and then you got the teacher who could see everybody on multiple screens, you know, and you could submit your homework kind of electronically. That was and it was born out of pure desire not to not to get up when my alarm went off and just snooze a couple more times in the morning. That was purely the motivation for it. Yeah, I'm and also, I And I drew this little Yeah, is that, is that the internet? That's more of just a network, isn't it? Yeah. Where's but, you know. where, I mean I suppose unless unless the uh, teacher was uh, all knowledgeable, of course. Not that the internet is all knowledge. My teacher was absolutely not all knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it in Douglas Adams? What was his? Well, uh, just essentially the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Look up anything you want. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is basically a smartphone. <laughs> I thought it was all self-contained, though, like inside the the actual guide itself. Wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. I mean. Because they had different versions, different copies of it, different versions. That's true. But I do wish that my smartphone had the words don't panic written on it. I think I'd get a lot more done in in the day. I think we can fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, this is an incredible tangent from the introduction. So congratulations to us. (laughs) We've done it again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So getting it back onto track, have you you been up to anything interesting the last uh, few weeks? Um. Well, so the last few weeks, the social life has kind of got back to pretty much where I know we we didn't want to talk about lockdown, all that stuff anymore. <laughs> but from a social perspective, things have kind of, you know, really got back to a place before. So it's great. So been going out a hell of a lot more, hooking up with friends and doing all that stuff, which has been fantastic. So some, um, yeah, late night <laughs> drinking way too many cocktails or whatever it's just <laughs> you know you strike me as a cocktail kind of guy <laughs> oh i am my favorite drink in the whole world i think is a well-made gin martini oh yeah it's fantastic but but my least favorite drink in the whole world is a poorly made gin martini mm. i would say if you get it wrong it's disaster <laughs> no yeah no i i do love a cocktail uh, I, I like i tend to like more kind of simple kind of cocktails not you know you're a simple guy i'm a simple guy and i like a glass of whiskey as you know yeah. um you know simple things done well john <laughs> that's what it's all about that's what i try to be and i'm halfway there <laughs> <laughs> the first half is um, so that's been fun um and uh apart from that haven't watched an awful lot of stuff no you've been out weeks. drinking I've been out drinking, but that normally means, though, sort of, you know, getting under a blanket and watching something something easy on the day after, doesn't it? So, <laughs> um, I watched a couple of documentaries and things. Uh, um, I thought, have you seen that one called um, "Don't F with Cats" on Netflix? Um, I avoided it. I didn't think it was for me. From what I had, read. I know we're both cat lovers, mm. and you're particularly a cat lover. Yeah, yeah, even more so than I. Um, but you, yeah, so, yeah, so it's not, yeah, okay, maybe don't worry. 
But that was fascinating because it was about um, this guy who does something very horrible to a cat. We won't go into details. And he posts it on a like a YouTube video. Yeah. And obviously, and that's why it's called Don't F With Cats. So people go crazy. Of course. Like, you know, but 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 really, like, they start like a, a Facebook group mm. and they try to hunt this guy down. And eventually, I won't say anything happens because anyone wants to watch it, but it's amazing how much they influence yeah. the investigation into this guy's crimes. Wow. Um, just purely using social media. Yeah. I think Tolkien didn't foresee that when he invented the internet. <laughs> but, you know, it's another... <laughs> It's another plus. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> he couldn't get everything right, could he? No, exactly. <laughs> Not even the wisest can see all ends. Very true. Very true. <laughs> I always loved that line as well. Yeah, me too. Oh, that's a good one. Gandalf got all the good lines, didn't he? He did. He kept them for himself, just like all the good fireworks. <laughs> yeah, don't touch that one. Uh, um, so, uh, and how about yourself, John? What have you been up to? <laughs> well, um... Yeah, I, I've done a little bit of socialising, but you know I'm not quite such a, a butterfly as you are. But uh, <laughs> um, but I a social caterpillar. <laughs> yes, like, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, but what I've done, I've got two things to discuss. Actually, I've got I've got uh, something to discuss about Lord of the Rings, the card game, other than the entire Ooh. podcast, and I've got something to discuss about the weather. So basically, it's two Ooh. things that I obsess about. <laughs> it's just so British. Go on. Which one are we going to start with? Well, let's start with the weather. So, Of course. That was the correct answer, but that was a test and you passed. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, you may, may recall, um, last episode I said that the sun had come out and I decided to heed your warning from this time last year and I didn't touch the garden. I didn't uncover any of my garden furniture. Um, I wasn't going to fall into that trap yet again. Okay. After that point, we proceeded to have the sunniest March on record. And I still didn't do anything to the garden. I just watched it be the sunniest March on record. And then it got to the end of March and I thought, well, okay, it's been oh, no. three weeks of glorious oh, no. sunshine. <laughs> I'm uncovering the furniture. And uh Well so you did this in at the beginning of April. Or oh, it was still just the end of March. Just. Yeah, that's way too early. <laughs> so you listened to me, and what happened? We were rewarded with record, record good weather. <laughs> then you took your furniture out. And pray tell what happened then, John? Um we had a week of snowstorms. We've had nothing but rain and hail and some of the worst storms to hit the country in any April on record. That's right. <laughs> now, <laughs> we're talking about teachers not being all-knowing earlier. And I'm not all-knowing. However, this is my area of expertise. <laughs> if you had forsaken that, we would have had a glorious April... <laughs> And you could have taken it out now while whilst we're over the you know, oh, okay, next year, next, next year. year. I've got faith in you. <laughs> oh, I don't actually. You're gonna fall for the I can't resist, I must <laughs> It had been three weeks. The driest march on record. It was great though, wasn't it? I don't know. I was in my house. 
<laughs> you could have sat on the lawn, you know. You can't tempt fate. Indeed. <laughs> um, okay, that's the, so. Okay, so we started with, a, with that. That's for bad news. <laughs> Start with disappointment. Yeah, yeah. I'm not angry with you, John. I'm disappointed. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to the Lord of the Rings news. Okay. So, since we last recorded, they have announced the first um, expansion pack to be released in this new format. Ooh. In fact, I think they announced it pretty much the day after we recorded. So I think last episode I said they, right. we, we hadn't heard anything. And then I, I booted up the Tolkien's internet the day after. <laughs> <laughs> Tolkien's internet. <laughs> That's how we're going to refer to it. Absolutely. And, um, and there it was. There was the news. So they have announced that the first expansion to get reissued, re-released, is going to be Angmar Awakened. Um, that was the name of the cycle itself, but it's uh, essentially that was the Lost Realm was the deluxe box, and then Angmar Awakened was the name of the cycle. Um, and I believe, off the top of my head, it was the fifth of the original releases. Um, how, how how many were there? Can you remember? Ooh, nine or t- nine or ten or something? Well, no, not not cycles. quite that many of the of just regular deluxes, but there was also the sagas as well. Um, yeah, so excluding the sagas. Excluding the sagas, I think there were eight, not including the oh, right. core set. Um, hang on, I can quickly check. Okay. Um, so they've gone, they've gone quite deep into it. Yeah, they, they, so they've jumped to the fifth one. Now, I do know, now I haven't played this, this cycle yet, so I'm not going to comment on whether or not I think it's a good idea or not, because I, I personally haven't played through this one yet. But I do know that it was a very popular cycle, and I do know there are a lot of good player cards in it. So I can sort of see their reasoning behind it. You know, if, you know, you want to get people interested. I do think it's strange that they didn't release Mirkwood, first of all, because one, we've said before, it's a good introduction to the game. That that uh, it's maybe not the most interesting cycle. I think we can all agree with that. But it is a good introduction. You do get a lot of nice player cards, um, especially like eagles. You know, I'm a big fan. And also, you have the core set, which makes up the vast majority of the encounter cards that you need for that cycle. So that's or people already have. Them. Oh right. Um, yes. But they haven't done that. They've decided to release Angmar Awakens. So. Yeah, I've got not much to say about it apart from it's relatively interesting. Some clever people on the internet have worked out that if you... Talk, Tolkien's internet. Tolkien's internet. Uh, have worked out that um, if you look at all the cards which have been made available in these starter decks, there are practically none from Angmar Awakens. So, and there are a couple of others where there's, there's hardly any. So it kind of gives clues to which um, cycles they're going to release first because oh yeah i mean but you can read into it or not but it's does kind of make sense that that's why they've done it this way so that people who have bought the starter decks who then buy this new sort of cycle aren't going to suddenly be faced with a load of cards they already own which of course makes sense as for, I mean, as for the release, I think they're, they're due to release the middle of the summer, so July time is what I read. Um, but time will tell on that one. Um, well, the next the next cycle. You mean? The, the, this this Angmar Awakens one. Oh, that's this, okay. Yeah, 
so the Angmar Republic. <laughs> where where is where was Angmar? Oh goodness, not this again. <laughs> have we discussed this? No, but you are, you ask me where somewhere is every time, and I, I and I don't have the map to point at. <laughs> I mean, tap tap tap. I should know. It sounds like Angmar sounds like a a nasty place. I think. Or is Angmar a decent place? No, but isn't it? I think it's to do with the north, isn't it? To do with rangers and things. Oh, goodness. Mm, I think it was to do with the Junodyne. Was it? <laughs> Blimey. I think, I but I, I, I may be making that up. Angmar. Here we go. Angmar. Well, if I can, if Tolkien's internet would stop popping up all of these uh, adverts <laughs> on my screen. <laughs> oh, okay. Of course, this is where I know Angmar from. Angmar was a realm established in TA 1300 by the Lord of the Nazgul, later called the Witch King of Angmar. Ah, there you go. There you go. That's where I know Angmar from. Located in the vale south of the mountains of Angmar, in a part of the world known for its cold and snowy weather. Oh. There you go. But whereabouts is that in um, Middle Earth then? I'm trying to see it on a map. Um, okay. In Peter Jackson's The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, it is stated that Sauron's final goal is to restore Angmar mm. and gain dominance over the north of Middle Earth by conquering the Lonely Mountain. Ah, so it is in the north. Strategic position. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think you're right. Okay. Yeah, because there we go. Because Erebor is north. East, isn't it? So it must be around, must be around there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's around there. Somewhere. True authorities on the uh, on all of the rings right here. <laughs> we'd we'd be great rangers, wouldn't we? It's over there somewhere. Oh, so it's that way. There's over there. It's like that classic thing of you know when you ask someone for directions, and you know within the first millisecond whether you're going to get good information or not. You know, you ask someone, and if, if someone says, oh, do you know where such and such is? And they go, oh, they look over their shoulder. Yeah. Okay, do not listen no. to that person. No matter what they say, get out of that conversation as quickly as possible. No, absolutely. No, the, the look, <laughs> when you ask someone for directions and they, they start looking around for clues, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> you know as much as me. Yeah, no, but I do I do appreciate the, the effort because it's the same as when I, if you ever have to ask someone for a pen, when that person knows completely clearly that they don't have a pen they will still pat themselves down to check if they've got one yes on pockets which they never use well you should keep a pen like in your top pocket nothing's ever been in there ever <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not today no. <laughs> that's so true when was the last time you asked someone for a pen uh, yesterday for me. <laughs> you, should, you should buy a pen <laughs> you should be the person who people come to to ask for a pen That's actually I, I was playing i was playing a card game with a friend and um and we needed to tot up the scores and i said do you have a pen and he proceeded to tap his chest <laughs> and then i went and picked one up from the side <laughs> um okay so back on to angmar awakened um, that's going to be the first release. Yeah, like I say, I'm not really going to comment on that. I think if you don't own it, great, go and buy it when it comes out. Um, 
we are still going to sort of discuss whether or not the release schedule of these new packs is going to influence how we do the podcast. I have a gut feeling it won't, but we will discuss that. So, so when did you say it was coming out? Midsummer. Yeah. We'll we'll of course we'll have caught up by then. <laughs> Won't we? <laughs> Got loads of time. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It'll <laughs> we'll pass will cross perfectly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll have a think about it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean I guess well, this is something we'll discover as we go forward anyway. And I always thought in my head that as time goes on, throughout you know, the original release of these things, that certain new rules and new ways of playing get introduced, which you kind of learn, like secrecy, for example, which we touched on yeah. a couple of episodes ago. And then that would kind of continue in part in, in the future until the game sort of builds up and builds up and builds up. But I'm guessing then that maybe that's not quite how it works and some things come in and then they disappear and then something else comes in and then that disappears. But I have no idea, you know, we'll have to wait until we've gone through a few cycles to, to prove that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. time will tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, do you think we should start talking about um, the quest we're going to discuss today? I believe we should. Okay, um, so this is indeed a spoiler episode where we'll be discussing a quest in depth. And the quest we will be discussing is Road to Rivendell. A Road to Rivendell? The Road. Oh, no. No, neither. It's, you had it right first time. It's Road to Rivendell. <sighs> Just Road. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you have not played that quest yet and you wish to avoid spoilers... Um, it's probably best just to skip the rest of this episode and come back to it when you have played it. Um, if you have played that quest or you don't mind spoilers, then we are going to start talking about it from now. So, Em, Road to Rivendell. Road to Rivendell. Do you know what I've got in my hand, John? The insert? I've got the insert. <laughs> <laughs> now... I think it's worth reading through. Okay. This one. Okay, I'm going to read through it. You always have absolute knowledge over this, because I never go back and read the insert. So you, you, you stare at them and you say, I think we're going to read it. And I just go, I just bow to your will. Glaze over. <laughs> Here we go. No, I'm a, I'm a big fan of you reading the insert. So, uh, okay. okay. All right. Let's go. So Road to Rivendell, difficulty level four. Mm. Okay. Interesting to be discussed okay the heroes continue their journey northward to rivendell escorting arwen to visit her father elrond oh that's right <laughs> remember <laughs> just go over the mountain that was a previous yeah. one take 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 arwen with you okay sure yeah and go that way yeah okay go the long way that's the way to the road to rivendell <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> see he's he was like uh it was like us being rangers. Well, which way is it to Rivendell, Elrond? Oh, see that massive mountain over there is probably the only thing you can see. Just go straight over there. You come across the road. Keep going. <laughs> but the road is long. And orcs ambush the party along the way. See, I already don't like that. 
It's telling you what's going to happen. Well, this is Middle Earth. Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't say the road is long and orcs may or may not ambush for party. Wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I mentioned it. Okay. You know I hate spoilers. You know I hate spoilers. Yeah, but okay. okay. With enemies hounding for heroes' steps, the weather drives the party ever closer to the looming mountains and the dangers they hold. See, I don't. I, tells you the cards. You I see. don't mind that as a, a bit of flavour text. See, I, 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 it tells me, okay, well, we're going to go along this road, and uh, you know, is it going to is it going to be dangerous? Yeah, there's going to be orcs about. You go, okay, that's nice. I get a feeling of what's uh, what's what's going to be happening. Okay, I think I know why there's the spoiler put in there, <laughs> and we're going to come across it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Then there's three other sections. Okay, one talks about. An ally, Arwen. Yeah. Andomiel, is that how you pronounce her surname? Andomiel? Let's go with it. <laughs> yeah. We won't read it all through. We've seen this kind of thing before. It's just, yeah. it's a unique character which switches between players if you're playing multiplayer no, with the first player. Correct token. me if I'm wrong. This is exactly the same Arwen card as we had in the uh, yeah in the previous quest, the yeah. Redhorn Gate. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, then... It talks about two keywords. So it goes over secrecy again. Okay. So we don't need to go back through that. But then the other one is ambush Ah, keywords. So maybe that's why I put it in the text because it's going to explain what what the ambush is. So maybe fair enough. So, um, And to be fair, I did have to look this up. Because, like I said, I don't, I, I don't go back and read the inserts. And then when I, when I drew a card from the account deck and it had ambush written on it, I went, right, what does that mean then? So- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did exactly the same. <laughs> So it says, ambush is a new keyword used in the Road to Rivendell scenario. Uh, when an enemy with the ambush keyword enters play, each player, starting with the first player and proceeding clockwise, must make an engagement check. The engagement check is only made against the enemy that just entered play and not other enemies that are in the staging area. Yeah. If the enemy engages a player as a result of its effect, then no further engagement checks are made against it, which makes sense because yeah, it's already engaged. Yeah. So. yeah. And that's it for the insert sheet. Okay, well, that's quite nice. That's quite just a bit of flavor text and just explains uh, one new keyword. I think that's how insert sheets should be. Yeah. <laughs> flavor text always, it always gets. <laughs> I wouldn't have too much. I, I think the more minimal, if you can just set the scene yeah. with a flavor text, but keep it minimal, that's how I like yeah. it. I like filling in the gap because when you read for cards. Yeah. I like my imagination to fill in. Yeah, well, I was going to say, because... I don't want to be told... I don't want to be like reading a, like you're reading a book or sure. something. I want it to be more an experience which you're But But you know, I, I think through. we're both quite similar in the fact that we don't tend... When we're doing this replay, we're not going back and reading those inserts, so we're just reading directly from the no. cards. And then I think... Then you do get just that sort of... A sort of a, an abridged version of the flavour text on the first card. So I think uh, we've got the best of both worlds. Indeed. Shall we, and speaking of the first card, shall we go straight yeah, there? Yeah, hit it. Okay. So, 1A. I should point out there are three cards in total in this quest. And the first one is called Along the Misty Mountains. It says, Your party has braved the snows of the pass, but now must travel north along the Misty Mountains for league upon league as you escort Arwen to her father's house. So, set up, put Arwen into play under the control of the first player, Shuffle the encounter deck, reveal one card from the encounter deck per player, and add them to the staging area. Okay. So a fairly standard kind of setup. Yeah. Then you uh, flip it over. 
and it says there's no special text on here just a bit of flavor text I guess. Um, this is a wild and perilous country and it is dangerous to follow the roads the mountains rise up on the right impassively watching your slow trek among their foothills and you need 20 progress to get through just the first card <sighs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, okay, well, that's interesting because we've had a few quests recently where there's been quite a lot going on, you know, on, on those first cards. You know, you have to put this location in or you have to do this or you have to do that or this. And, but this is actually just going back to uh, going back to our roots, that it's um, it's basically just quest through a hell of a lot of quest points. <laughs> um, but you've really no, no sort of um, extra things apart from we've got that ambush keyword and one card off the encounter deck should we just go through this quest first then so let's just say we and we'll, then we'll go back and talk about sort of what we encounter on the way and uh, what decks we took should we attack sure. it this way i think so in fact just before we do that shall we just very quickly just have a revisit of arwen oh sure just yeah. to, seeing as she's there because it's probably just worth making so arwen is noldor a noble and an ally she quests for two she hits for zero hits for naught, naught. As a shield of one and has two hit points. And the reason I'm reading this out is really because of the response. But it says, the first player gains control of Arwen as an ally. Responses, after Arwen exhausts, choose a hero. Add one resource to that hero's resource pool. Yeah. And if Arwen leaves play, the players are defeated. Keep Arwen alive. That is the name of the game. <laughs> well, not really, but you know <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so just so that response, uh, we'll, well, I'm sure we'll come back and, and discuss that. But it's, it's so don't forget that response. Yeah, that's when you're playing exactly the same as as the card which was in uh, Redhorn Gate. Then wasn't it? Because that was also what. Uh, well, it's just the same. <laughs> so. yeah. And just before we move off um, the card, little note about the artwork. There's a nice little scene of what I assume is Samwise. And um, was it was was it called Bill? Bill the Pony. Bill the Pony. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, I think it's Sam and Bill trudging along a grassy mountain side, which is oh, pleasant. it looks very purpley. Okay, do you know what? I have been staring at the Arwen card during your description. There, going, what are you talking about? <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> let me just let me just jump to the quest card here and have a little look at the picture here of what appears to be Sam with Bill the Pony <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> walking along next to the Misty Mountains. Hey, you got it. You finally managed to drag yourself away from looking at Arwen. <laughs> well, I was I was looking because Arwen's on a horse. So I was thinking, well, that could be Bill, but it's a bit weird. And then I was like, well, where do you see Sam? <laughs> so just I like I said I just said I'd like to use my imagination. It's like, well, there's using your imagination and just <laughs> making stuff up. Um, okay, okay. So we just need to quest, 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 quest. To get through your, your 20 progress on that one. Okay. A hell of a trick. Well, leagues and leagues of progress. Apparently so. And once, you've, once you're through that, you move on to card 2A, which is Orc Outpost. And it says, Heavy rain drives you to seek shelter among the caves of the mountains. They are dry, and the fire you start seeps into your bones and restores your spirit. Very nice too. That's what you need after That's a good long trip. Yeah, after leagues and leagues of uh, 
Yeah. Of walking. <laughs> yeah. Samwise will get the brace of conies on. Yeah. You know, nice stew. They won't get eaten. No, they never eat. Maybe some uh, <laughs> some nice crispy bacon. That won't get eaten. No. Eggs. No. Sausages. He did well to carry those eggs, didn't he? <laughs> that way. Am I imagining the eggs? Now I might actually be projecting. It was the one went on, on the side of Weathertop. Yeah, Weathertop with. Um, and Frodo says, "What are you doing? Stop you fools!" Yeah. Well, it, um, well, it's definitely nice. I'm seeing sausage, bacon, and eggs, but that's probably because that's what I want to see. There. <laughs> it's definitely nice, crispy bacon. <laughs> it went Welsh. Yeah, then. went Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, crispy bacon. God, that was not Welsh. To do a Welsh accent. Oh, God, I was laughing. It didn't, it didn't work. The Laughing Welshman. That'd be a good pub. The Prancing Pony. No, no, no. Go, go to the Laughing Welshman down the road. Much, much, better, better. much better. Okay. So, restores your spirit. Your eyes are heavy when the soft clatter of falling pebbles reaches your ears. Perhaps you are not alone. That's some fine deduction. But, yeah. That's... <laughs> So you flip it over, and you require seven progress to get through card 2B. Much more manageable. Much more easy. You're just on 20. Yeah. Seven's good. Walk in a park. Uh, it's not a walk in the park. It's a sit <laughs> in a cave is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, it's like a sit in a cave. <laughs> and it's not going to catch on. Um, it has a when revealed effect. It says when revealed. Search the encounter deck and discard pile for Goblin Gate and add it to the staging area if able. Then, if there is no active location, Goblin Gate becomes the active location. Okay. So basically, you're getting Goblin Gate as the active location. Yeah, well, unless you have an active location, unless you're somewhere else at the time, and then it will just stay in the stage. You have to, It won't swap out anything which is currently the active location. And why does it say add it to the staging area if able? Would there be any scenario where you wouldn't be able to add it to the staging area? Uh, yes, if it was already in there. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. so it's just a way to cover yeah. it off and make sure. Let's say the... just okay. before you'd uh, you'd got onto this quest card, you'd revealed it from the encounter yeah. deck. Then, of course, you can't go searching for it because it's already out. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, so that's it for two B. Do you have a quick look at? Goblin yeah, we Gate? better go and have a look at Goblin Gate then. Do you? I, I've got it here. I've got it here. So. Goblin Gate is a location, and it is a gate, <laughs> not a goblin. <laughs> um, and it it contributes five threat, and takes four progress to quest through it. And it states this. While Goblin Gate is the active location, the first enemy revealed from the encounter deck each round gains ambush. If that enemy engages a player, it makes an immediate attack. And then it says, deal and resolve a shadow card. Now, it says on this, deal and resolve a shadow card. It's worth noting that if ever an enemy is engaged with you and forms an attack it will always get down a shadow card sometimes they put it on the cards and sometimes they don't but um if in doubt always deal a shadow card if an enemy is attacking you and it's engaged you um sort of out of the regular format of the game um always give it a shadow always make it as hard as possible <laughs> yeah that's the rule <laughs> worst case scenario um so i am thinking this is 
Um, now remind me, in The Hobbit, do they not find an area of the misty? Am I am I mixing things up? There is there's a gap in the side of the mountain in The Hobbit where the uh, where the Goblin King, uh, not yeah, <laughs> not not David Bowie, um, <laughs> where his lair is, um, and I think that's like a gap inside a cave as well i might be making that up and i think this is this yeah. is well alluding to that sort of uh that sort of thing because of course if there was um a place in this cave where goblins are living that's why when they come off the encounter deck they're going to ambush you immediately so you're just you're just resting but there's a there's a secret gate back there yeah well in fact you allude to it but there is a quote at the bottom as well oh. which says a crack had opened at the back of the cave and was already a wide passage from the Hobbit. Ah, so, there you go. Yeah, I think you are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so my brain's not complete cheese. <laughs> complete cheese. That's a kind of cheese with holes in it. <laughs> incomplete cheese. I'd like some incomplete cheese. <laughs> Emmentalter? Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so this... Obviously, we'll we'll come back to this when we discuss, yeah. we talk about the question depth. But yeah, worth bearing in mind, there's obviously potential double attacks happening on you there when the Goblin Gate is the active location. Sure. And of course, yeah, so that five threat is pretty unpleasant. But I must admit, I think every single time I played through, I didn't have an active location when I got to this stage. Um, and actually, that's most likely, if you think about it, because you're going to be questing on that quest card one and in order to put that uh, last progress token on that card most likely you will have quested and therefore probably you would have had to have quested past any location so you'd have cleared the location and cleared the quest card so more likely than not when the goblin gate comes out it's becoming the active location so that five threat is not really an issue to be honest quite unpleasant if it is an issue though well, if if you um if you happen to draw the card off the deck on quest card one or whatever, which happened to me many many times, oh, really, <laughs> I played. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll we'll go into okay, that. We'll okay, okay. Okay. All right. So you've quested through card two B, which means you've also got past the goblin yeah. gate by definition, as we've just kind of touched on. And the last card, so the first side is three A approaching Rivendell, and it says. Orcs and other creatures have hounded you since fighting your way free of the Orc outpost. Soon you will reach the safety of Rivendell's borders, but supplies have dwindled and you are dead weary from sleepless nights <laughs> of keeping watch. Yeah, yeah, as dark forms shadow your camp. There are, there's... <laughs> so, so, someone got, someone got some a little... Use of a... <laughs> someone got a little bit tired it's, of writing in it's a... a... It's a laughing Welshman. <laughs> dead weary. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that's tickled me so much. Oh, you're tired of dead I'm weary. I'm dead weary. <laughs> it's a, like a really specific colloquialism <laughs> in, in kind of the British Isles, isn't it? Which you find certain places. Where it's, oh, yeah. I'm, I was dead cold. <laughs> I was dead tired. Dead weary. <laughs> dead, dead. Okay. So, <laughs> dead, dead. <laughs> like, really dead. So, flip it over. Oh, and look! Look at look at Rivendell, looking quite majestic through the trees. Beautiful, there. yeah. That's the place you want to be. Uh, you need thirteen to get through this last one. Mm-hmm. So another long, 
a long bit of trekking. When revealed, reveal one card from the encounter deck per player and add it to the staging area. Okay. And it also says characters cannot be healed. Yeah. They don't forget that on this one. If a player defeat the stage, they have won the game. What would so that's your lot. What would you say the theme is of the characters cannot be healed? Is it because you're just you're just out of provisions? You're all dead weary. I mean, I think there's the, you, 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 yeah. I think that's it exactly. Oh, you know, actually, it says it on three A. Uh, the supplies have dwindled, and you yeah, are exactly. and you are dead weary. Sleepless nights of keeping watch. Yeah, as dark forms shadow your camp, and you're also probably going to have some enemies at this point. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And just said, you know, so you just you just running, fighting, just trying to finish this thing. You don't have time to heal and you know sit around and rest <laughs> up. No, fair enough. Good, good. Right, so that's the quest in a nutshell. So it's actually quite linear, actually. I mean, in the sense that there's not um, too many sort of forks in the road, as it were. I mean, you you basically you're on the road to Rivendell. And uh, that's going to take you through some dangerous areas. You're going to have a little bit of a rest at the uh, worst possible cave. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, this place looks nice. <laughs> and then you're going to be dead weary and not be able to heal, and you have to uh, push for Rivendell. Well, how how do you want to do this? We obviously want to talk about our decks, but we also want to talk about what might come out of the encounter deck. Um, Let's, should we start with some encounters? I think so. Then we'll talk yeah. about our uh, our adventures. Yeah. So obviously this uh, encounter set is made up of the cards which come with that AP and also two encounter decks from the Castle Doom Deluxe box. Um, so there are obviously there are, there are a few cards we've seen before and a whole bunch of new ones. We'll focus mostly on the new ones, of course, but I will when I tell some stories just say that... Uh, <laughs> there's some some there's some old favourites in here that came back to haunt me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, I, go on, you go ahead. Have you got any hand that you want to just talk I, about to kick us off? Well, so I guess a couple of enemies. In fact, I'm, uh, let me kick off with a couple of the the old ones, okay, which we've seen before. Yeah, and I think it's worth talking about some of the shadow effects. Ah, well. I have got these a as well. lot to talk about with shadows. Because they really play a huge part in this quest yeah. for shadow effects. Seems to be a constant. Yeah. Almost every, there's very few, there's only a few cards which don't have shadow effects which really affect you know how the game's going. Can I, I haven't made very many notes for this quest, but can I just read the first line of my notes that I've written? It says, worst shadows to date. Shadow cancellation is a must. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, so I I can't agree more. The the shadows really do play. I would say they do play a stronger part than the uh, the one revealed or the uh, or the locations yeah. or the enemies themselves. But um, I don't know. Should, should, we, should we? Come on, well, let's come on to the shadows in a moment. Let's look at the cards at their sort of face value, and then yep. um, we can go into a big shadow rant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, okay. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with your favourite. Okay. Unless you, unless you want to. <laughs> now, you have always had, and as regular listeners to the show will know this as well, a huge dislike for Wogs. Oh, yeah. Oh. Now, 
there's a mountain wall. Yeah. This guy caused me a lot of problems. Well, yes. On a lot of times I played this quest. Well, absolutely. Now, just a quick reminder. <laughs> the mountain wall is a creature. He's got an engagement cost of 30, a threat of two, but he hits for four. Yeah. And he's got two shield and four hit points. And so we're talking about how nasty the shadows are, which we will get onto. He has some text under him as well, which says, if Mountain Warg has dealt a shadow card with no effect. Mm -hmm. So if, you, if you're lucky and you don't get one of those nasty shadows, <laughs> return Mountain Warg to the staging area after it attacks. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Now, that is not listed as a any kind of like when revealed or anything like that, right? So this is just a constant effect. Absolutely, right? yeah. Which you can't really cancel. It's just going back to the um, staging area. Right? Yeah, no, so the only way you can get around it is to destroy it before the shadow card is revealed. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you can't, you can't, I mean, yeah, you can't, sh you can't reverse no, it. No, no, you can't reverse it. Or cancel it. No, so there's, there's, yeah, cancel yeah, there's nothing it, to cancel, basically. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, so... So this guy... Oh, I would say if you were to faint uh, the Mountain Warg, it would oh, be, it would be dealt to Shadow yeah. Card and the Shadow Card would not be revealed. So therefore, it would remain engaged with you even if you didn't destroy it. Yes. I did not play tactics on this. Well, we'll go into the decks a bit later, yeah. but I, I kind of wish I had <laughs> played a couple of games using tactics. Yeah. It could be a very different experience, I'm sure, to what I had. But anyway, yeah, so this guy caused me so many problems where he'd take out a chump blocker or he'd whack a couple of yeah. um, hit points on your on, on one of your heroes and then just bugger off back <laughs> to the staging area and just come again next time. It's really annoying. And it's really annoying if you've got the, the, the Goblin Gate there as well because he's going to ambush you, going to do that, could end up back in the staging area and come and do it again. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you could have two free hits on you without you being able to do anything to him. So that happens to be on many occasions. So he was a real pain in the backside yeah. for me on this quest yeah. on quite a few occasions. Yeah, the mountain wag. Oh, it is nasty. <laughs> but uh, I actually, I found him to be not too bad on this one for for once. For once, I mean, I, I mean, I I say that. But on one of my goes, I think I died in the first round. <laughs> and and the first encounter card was the Warg's Lair, which in turn brought out the Mountain Warg. So to say it didn't cause me any problems would be a little bit of a lie. But actually, I think I was so concerned about it causing me problems that I, I snuck uh, Gandalf into play and just destroyed it outright before it could do anything. <laughs> and then I still lost. Yeah. <laughs> I did Gandalf a few of these on a few occasions. <laughs> um, I've got uh, like whilst we're talking about some of the cards that we've already seen, there is one which didn't really cause us any problems when we saw it before, but definitely with this new keyword of ambush, suddenly uh, it sort of comes into its own, and that is the knees of the mountain. Let me just find it here. Like I said, we saw this in in a previous encounter. Um, it's a mountain location and it contributes to threat and it takes three progress to get through it. But it states, while Needs of the Mountain is in the staging area, it gains force. After an enemy engages a player, it gets plus one attack until the end of the round. 
Now, why that's interesting with ambush is that if you have knees of the mountain in the staging area and you reveal an enemy with this ambush keyword on it, that you have to perform an engagement check, which means that enemy could engage with you immediately. And if you're at the goblin gate, it will engage with you and attack you immediately. So if knees of the mountain is in your staging area, that enemy will get plus one attack at that point, And it will also get plus one attack when it attacks you again during the combat phase, because it's until the end of the round that it gets that buff. So Knees of the Mountain suddenly becomes really annoying, and you just you, you just have to get past it. I mean, just get it out of the staging area, basically, as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And is it a nice artwork, I've got to say, for this card? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's just a... Nice, dark, <laughs> mysterious mountain scene. <laughs> And the knees, I like the expression, the knees, knees of the mountains are yeah. just like jutting out. <laughs> well, can I talk about another location? Go ahead. And I'd like to talk about the Ruined Road. Ah. Because what we have here is the rarest of rare things in this game, which is a location which kind of helps. Mm-hmm. So Ruined Road only has one threat. You need five to get through it. And it's of type road. <laughs> and the response on this one is after you travel to Ruined Road, the first player places two progress tokens on it. Yeah. Nice. Or readies one hero he controls. Yeah. Which can, that can be really useful. Uh, so you can, as it only contributes one threat, you can kind of use this a little bit tactically. Yeah. By saying, well, hold on, I might keep that until a point where maybe I needed to quest more than I should have or whatever, and I need to ready a hero. Mm-hmm. This is a good way to kind of get that hero ready if you can afford to have that one threat sitting around in the staging yeah. area. Yeah. Um, and and to be honest, I just liked having a location where it, it wasn't doing something really bad to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw that card a few times. In fact, a couple of times I had it in the staging area twice, and I, I have to be honest, I just left it there. I just left it there for the entire game because... Um, I think it depends on when it comes out. I think that the, my, my whole deck was, it was basically crucial to, once it got going, my deck was, I would say, pretty much unbeatable. Um, but sometimes it didn't get going. And that was the problem. So I think it would be, it would definitely be, when that card came out, it would definitely dictate you know, whether I was going to travel there or not. And I would say, I mean, we are sort of jumping around a little bit here, but I would say that that's the interesting thing about that quest card one, having 20 progress to get past it. It, it is a long slog to get through that first card. But what I found was that as there was nothing really sort of extra happening during that quest, I could just sort of quest through quite steadily and each round build up my forces for sort of questing and attacking um, because there is, a, there is a lot to fight in this quest. Um, and then when I got to the point of getting past that first quest card, I absolutely sailed through the rest of the quest. I didn't have any trouble with the Goblin Gate and I had no trouble with the final final quest card either because I it would always take me a good few rounds to get past that first quest quest card and at that point i was just sailing and the times i didn't beat this quest which we'll come to in a moment um i lost very quickly 
I lost, I lost like either I either lost immediately or I had absolutely no trouble whatsoever with this quest. And I think, yeah, you know, a little bit of spoilers for our sort of closing thoughts. But I think that's that's I did really thoroughly enjoy the quest. But I do think there's one thing that's one thing which I thought is a little bit unbalanced about it is um, if you get off that first quest card, I don't think it's difficult at all to complete the quest in the slightest. But that, that might was... that might well have just been my deck, which we'll uh, we'll discuss well, in a moment. And j- just to talk about what your deck was made out of, which spheres? Uh, leadership and tactics. Okay, mine was leadership and spirit. Okay, and I'd say I had a pretty similar experience to that. I did have a couple, you know, maybe fifteen twenty percent of the time playing the quest, where it was kind of close and you had a lot of ebb and flow. But a lot of the time, it was yeah, like you said, sail through it. Or yeah, you you know you get something unlucky on the third round and you're out yeah. kind of thing. Uh, but that did happen a, a fair bit. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pretty much in in line of your experience there as well. I'd say. Well, with that in mind, then before we jump into some of these more of these encounter cards, because we do want to talk about uh, definitely some of these enemies and definitely some treacheries and absolutely the shadows. I'll just quickly sort of ex- sort of say what my deck was because I think it's quite important for me to yeah. be able to sort of say how we combated some of these uh, things which are going to come out. So like I said, I was playing Leadership and Tactics and I was playing with Legolas and then I was playing with the twins, uh, Elrohir and Ooh. Eladan. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it was really, really great fun, actually. And with Leadership, it's relatively easy to get enough willpower to quest successfully especially because we have arwen as well who's contributing to willpower every round if you quest with her and then what i was doing just a reminder on elrahir and eladan so they're they're uh, elrond's sons and i thought oh that's quite thematic as well actually um so i, I still always think of the pixie <laughs> N- Nimrod's son. Son. Whenever, every time you say that <laughs> so elrahir is the leadership hero and well, just to discuss them both, actually. So Alro here is leadership and Aladan is tactics. And they both have a threat cost of 10. Uh, they both have willpower for two. Alro here hits for two, whilst Aladan hits for one. And Alro here defends for one, whilst Aladan defends for two. So just the opposites of each other. And they both have four hit points. Um, and then their effects are that whilst each other is in play, they buff each other, basically. So um, whilst Eladon is in play, Elrohir gets plus two defense. So suddenly he becomes a defender of three, and he also hits for two. And whilst Elrohir is in play, Eladon gets plus two attack. So he ends up hitting for three in tactics and defending for two. So they actually both become incredibly powerful when they're both in play. And then they also both have a response that... After they are declared a defender for Elrohir or an attacker for Eladan, uh, you can pay a resource from their pool to ready them. I could have probably explained that a lot better if I wasn't jumping backwards and forwards between the cards, but you <laughs> get the idea. And also, yeah. as we said many times, uh, whilst we're discussing, if you bring up these cards in Rings DB whilst we're talking about it, it makes things a lot clearer what we're uh, rambling on about. Um, but basically, we've Legolas, of course, as well. I was having no trouble at all with these enemies because what I was doing is at the beginning of the game, I was questing with 
just Arwen and Eladan, who is potentially your attacker. So I was keeping Elra here, who's potentially a defender, ready, and Legolas ready. Um, so I was questing for four at that point, just without any other allies on, on the table. And then if an enemy came off, off the deck, what I was doing was I could defend with Elra here for three defense, which is nearly always enough to, to beat off any, any attack as long as the shadow wasn't we'll come to that in a moment um or one of one or two enemies yeah and if that enemy was particularly tough i would be able to spend a resource from elra here at that point and then elra here and legolas combined attack would be five and that would nearly always destroy the enemy and then that would be another two progress from legolas on the quest and that was my tactic with just my heroes and arwen and then alongside that, just very briefly, I had um, Rivendell Blade, which we discussed last episode, and that uh, removes two defense. If you attach it to a Noldor or Sylvan character, all these heroes are either Noldor or Sylvan. And I was just putting that on Legolas because it was a no-brainer. And then I was using things like Hands Upon the Bow and Unseen Strike, all of which we discussed last episode. So jump back and listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it. And that was pretty much my deck. I mean, I'm not going to go into all the cards, but that that was the cornerstone of how it was uh, how it was put together. Now, just whilst we are discussing uh, last week's episode, I did put in keeping count. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how that work out? For you? Well, I took it out again. Um, <laughs> no, I couldn't get it to work. Just as much as we talked in the episode that we struggled to get it to work i thought i thought of some clever ways to get it going and i just couldn't and actually do you know what i took out and i replaced it i replaced it with the dunadane watcher and just as a reminder of the dunadane watcher she is a three cost ally in leadership quest for one hits for one defense for one two hit points but most importantly for this particular quest response Discard the Dunedain Watcher from play to cancel the shadow effects of a card just triggered. Little teaser for what's coming up late. (laughs) You sacrificed those poor ones. Well, I had no cancellation at all at first. So uh, keeping count was out. Dunedain Watcher was in. So, uh, so yeah, so that was my, uh, my deck. And like I said, the first sort of four or five times I played, absolutely sailed through it i thought this deck is on fire and i do genuinely think it's a very good deck i will write it up and post it on uh orange tv because actually there's a few we haven't put up there yet but I'm, i will put this one up and that was about a week or two ago i played that and i thought well just before we record i better play again to refresh my memory on it um, and i thought i better write a few notes just to see how things played and the first two times i played to refresh it i this is when I got completely destroyed in like the first friend. Uh, it's like, oh, this deck is absolutely rubbish. But this this is one I've just made a note of. So I had that time when the first encounter was the Wag's lad that brought the Martin. Was it Martin Wag? The Ma- <laughs> Martin Martin Wag. <laughs> I brought Martin Wag. Um, and then stage uh, staging for round one, I got. Another old card, which is why I want to talk about it now before we go on to the, the new encounters, um, which is the Goblin Spearman. And the Goblin Spearman 
a has an engagement cost of 15 so he's coming for you he has two threat hits for two defense for two two hit points but importantly he states that the goblin spearman gets plus two attack if its attack is undefended so i had brought out a snowborn scout on my first uh first round good old snowborn scout um mm-hmm. so yep i used him as, as a potential chump many a time <laughs> in this quest <laughs> well that was my intention as well so the goblin spearman engaged me i defended with the snowborn scout uh the shadow and it's our first uh mention of a specific shadow was undisturbed bones um which we did discuss before oh i have come a cropper <laughs> of this exact scenario before it had to be last night when i played actually Exactly, with the Snowborn Scout. <laughs> so I, I don't have the card in front of me, but just to paraphrase, essentially, Under Some Bones Shadow states that if the defending character is an ally, it gets discarded from play. So obviously Snowborn right. Scout got discarded from play, which meant that the Goblin Spearman was now performing an undefended attack, therefore getting plus two attack. That was undefended, so that went on a hero. Goodbye, dead hero. hero. <laughs> um, and then, of course, then I'm stuck because you don't want to kill Legolas. We don't want to kill anyone, really, but you don't want to kill Legolas because he's going to help you progress your quest. And then Eladan and Elra here become useless if one of them's not there. <laughs> you got to go with Legolas then. Otherwise, you destroy all your heroes, right? Well, hmm. oh no, you still got Legolas, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> tough one. Well, listen, you lost that quest, right? Yeah, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had that exact same scenario happen to me yesterday. That is it's really frustrating. <laughs> but uh, and but there are lots of potential f- for frustrating things to happen in this quest. But they are quite funny a lot of them too. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. No, absolutely. So, so this is the kind of quest that even when I lost a couple of times it was annoying, but a couple of times it was really just I quite enjoyed it, and it was, it was just quite hilarious. Well, I only lost these two times, and I'll tell. We'll hear about your deck first, and then we'll come back to the second time I lost because that was also on the first round. <laughs> so it's not a long story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that pretty. Cool. Well, my deck was um, what I did right was I, I built a deck, and the idea was I was going to play this deck a few times, and then I was going to build another deck utilizing a whole bunch of the cards we discussed in the last couple of card episodes, a more uh, contemporary <laughs> deck <laughs> but I used the old classics for the first time and the reason was you know we, we you know we talked about secrecy yeah uh, a few weeks back I did it wasn't going to build a secrecy deck but I liked the idea of and we'll go into this when we talk about secrecy in the future but having a deck which can give you a couple of ways to play mm-hmm. give it a bit of flexibility I didn't make it was it was a big deck it wasn't huge it was 59 cards which is quite small for me for you yeah so, you know I'm, I'm getting there but it was, it was a lot of the classics. I said it was um, leadership and spirit. So I had um, Aragorn, original Aragorn, yeah. old school. Prince Imrahil. Oh, yeah. The old old favourite. And my probably ultimate old favourite, Eowyn. Of course. So the idea there, was, I mean, from a questing perspective. Oh, you're covered. I mean, there, there's so, but yeah, there's so much you can do. So Arwen, quest for two. Right. And then you've got Aragorn whose response is, after he commits to a quest, spend one resource from his resource pool to ready him. So when you're questing Arwen, you can get the resource, put it on Aragorn, and refresh him for free. So he was always ready after questing. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got Prince Imrahil, 
who quests for two. And his response is, after a character leaves play, ready, Prince Imrahil. So if you're in a position where you have potential chump blockers out there, or people who can actually defend, then, well, well, actually it's for former, for, particularly for Prince Imrahil, yeah. you, can, you can ready him. So if you lose an ally, you can ready him if, in a battle. Um, and Eowyn, of course, she quests for four anyway. So even if you didn't have Prince Imrahil on the go, just with Aragorn's response, yeah, you're questing for eight. Yeah just off the bat, without anything else. And then what I also added in there was um, Calabrian Stone. Celebrian? Calabrian? Calabrian Stone. Which is a super useful card because it gives plus two questing to either Prince Imre or Aragorn. But I put it on Aragorn because Aragorn also gets a spirit icon yeah. as well. So suddenly you can... Sp- and then there's Stuart Gondor in there. So if you've got that going as well, then you can spend a lot on spirit through Aragorn and, Eow- and Eowyn combined. So, yeah, it was all that good traditional lovely stuff. Sounds like a perfect deck. Just rush, rush, rush. <laughs> what Exactly. What could go wrong? And then I've got some trackers in there, you know, the old classics. Had some Riddermark's Finest. Oh. Some Faramir. Had, um, of course, Snowborn Scout as a chump. Yeah. Um, Riddermark's Finest. and Oh, Escort from uh, Edoras as well. Yeah. They were really useful, those two, because... They can allow you to quest more if you want, or put progress, or you can use them as chump blockers too, because they're not that expensive. Yeah, absolutely. So they were good for flexible cards. Had the old ancient mathom just for card draw, unexpected courage to ready people. So readying heroes was really vital. And then I also used the sort of Dunedain cards, a Dunedain quest, Dunedain mark, Dunedain warning, just to beef up the heroes, give them a bit more oomph in whatever they're doing. Yeah, and and then and, and, one, and something you haven't mentioned, which of course is the beauty of having spirit in your in your deck, is that you had cancellation. I imagine. Well, yeah, that was the last bit I was going to come to. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, so well, I had a song of travel oh. in case uh, Calabrian Stone didn't come out. And the idea of that is, well, if you end up with these cards, which are no good for you, you can burn them with Eowyn and get another quest going. So you know, nothing's wasted. Bit of stand and fight, bit of Galadrim's greeting to bring your threat down to avoid some of the. Um, uh, ambush stuff mm-hmm. you know perfect and then yes and then i did have oh ever vigilant was a really useful one as well which is a leadership one so spend one resource to ready a hero very useful but yes of course i had test of will and the old hasty stroke you see i don't think you need ever vigilant in that because you, you you've got uh aragorn readying himself uh, well, you're, you're well, paying one resource to ready Aragorn, and you have the ability for Imrahil to ready himself. I mean, I think you. If I was worried about Aragorn readying after questing, uh, then yeah, I, I just wouldn't quest him potentially, uh, right? Okay. If he took his response out, this was all about fighting multiple enemies. Mm. Was without having tactics in yeah. there. Yeah. When I was losing this quest, was when it could even just be two, sometimes even one enemy. Could, with multiple attacks or whatever, could really stitch you up. I found so I really had to keep my heroes ready yeah. the whole time. So so yeah, it was more to do with with that. And I like to point out, I played this quest and on the first night I put a deck together. I think I played six times. The first two times, I won really quickly. I think I won like really quickly, like four rounds and five rounds. I think it was. I thought oh, I've got this nailed. This is so easy. Then I got absolutely whooped. <laughs> In the next one, and the next one, and the next one. I was determined to, to win again before I went to bed that night, and I, I, I managed to equalise uh, before then. But um, 
yeah, it was interesting. So it was a similar thing to you. On that night, I kind of won quickly and I lost quickly yeah, as well. Yeah. So if there are certain things I couldn't get going, then it was it was so that flexibility I was talking about. Even that you needed a little bit of setup sure. at the beginning yeah, to sort yeah. of get get going. It wasn't as fluid as I thought it would be in my mind. Um, and then, so I was going to put a deck together which utilized. Oh, I should also say in those six games, I did not get one single um, shadow cancellation card <laughs> into into my hand in six games. <laughs> it was I couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. Um, because your deck's too big. But anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. it's only 59 <laughs> that's um, nine rounds <laughs> yes yeah, true but got I was using Gandalf to draw cards true, true, yeah, true. Okay, okay. Um, so I was going to put a different deck together to utilise for more recent cards but I actually got drawn into well actually are there different ways I can approach playing mm. You know, rather than just trying to get certain things going or certain, you know, mechanics going or whatever, is there a different way I can just play it to get different results? And I had ended up having different experiences doing that, but actually the results were quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's all about the journey, isn't it? Well, the journey, all about journey. I ended up basically legging it. Just leg yeah, it. So it's a just rush. Go as far as you can. If an enemy comes along, just try and deal with it. And if it gets you, it gets you. But and actually, we're doing it that way. I actually ended up with a higher ratio of wins. I think. Yeah, yeah. When you when you told me your heroes, it's like okay, yeah, you're just rushing. You're just rushing, rushing, rushing. And that's uh, yeah. and that's fine. That is a tactic. Yeah, but I'll, I'll. Well, we'll talk about how we enjoyed the quest at the end, I guess. But um, anyway, yeah, that was my deck. So a little bit, um, maybe a bit unimaginative in some ways using kind of older cards there but i probably will replay this again next couple of days with a with a newer deck well what i'll do is i'll I'll, um i'll post the deck i used um and maybe give it a go because i I was actually really really pleased to see how this deck played it was a lot of fun so if you don't want to think too much (laughs) about putting a new deck together and and it being a a very different way of playing a lot more a lot more fighty way of playing then um yeah give it a go I'll, i'll make sure i post that sooner rather than later yeah I, I might even have a go using your deck. That's what I just said. Myself. Oh, I thought you were talking to the listener. No. <laughs> okay. What's your deck called? Did you get? I haven't you named, named it yet. yet. Because actually, do you know what? Yes. I'm talking about doing things old school. I put this deck together without Rings DB. I just got out the binders, looked at them all, and went, "How about a bit of this? How about a bit of that?" Oh, that's how I build all my decks. Oh. Okay. I never build them. I I I build them like that, and then and then I I log them if I want to keep it. Anyways. Yeah. Well, that's what I'll that's, that's what, what I'll have to do. Yeah. But no, normally I'm I'm sat up in bed building decks on my phone. <laughs> you see. Oh no. I like I like I like uh, turning the pages of a of a thing. Oh, I've got a yeah, but, but that's why that's why I end up with eighty card decks. Yeah. But actually, it, it 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 was a very interesting way of building a deck. I mean, once your card pool gets too large, it's pretty unwieldy. But um. Yeah, but I enjoyed it, so I do need to put still put it into RingsDB. Um, I'll, okay. qu- I'll I'll post mine up as well. I think mine mine's called Lord Cortina. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> After the famous car, I don't think they had the Ford Cortina in America. I think it was called something else. Mm. Oh no, I'm thinking of a Capri. Ah yes, I'm thinking I'm thinking of a Capri. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <Ford> Ford Capri. <laughs> um, just briefly, I will mention the. 
other time because like, basically I, I like I say I played this quest uh, a couple of weeks back and absolutely bossed it didn't break a sweat and just went oh this deck is flying and then two nights ago I thought I better replay it for the podcast and I played twice and got absolutely destroyed on the first round both times I've already explained the first time um and I'll, I'll explain the second time now and then and then I thought well actually I, I I haven't actually had a refresher before the podcast so literally about 30 minutes before we recorded I threw the game out on the table and played the quickest speed round of all the re- all right forget <laughs> Trying to to immerse myself in theme, I was just grabbing resources. Right, one resource, resource, right, two for you. Stuart's gone. Okay, right, quest. Okay, right, attack. Yeah, right. He's done two more resources. Right, what? I've won. (laughs) Swipe. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I might have skipped something. But anyway, the time I lost, um, the second time I lost a couple of days ago, uh, was also quite comedic because it was. it was on my first round again, and well, this is another shadow actually, and it is on a card called Pathless Country. It's a location, and it has location type things on it. But we'll come to that in a second. Let me just quickly, just for the sake of this little story, uh, just jump directly to the shadow. So basically, I was engaged with two enemies straight off the bat. First round, I think the first card revealed on stage one was an enemy, and then the first staging was another enemy, and they both engaged me. Uh, and I had the same shadow on uh, both enemies. And it simply says this, <laughs> deal one damage to each ally in play. I only had one ally in play, and that was Arwen. That's two damage, dead Arwen. <laughs> Game over. The end. <laughs> and that's what could happen. <laughs> but you don't think of it, do you? But it's the it's shortest like, well, what could happen? shortest possible game. I mean, to be fair, that's even for this game, that's pretty cruel. <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> um whilst I've got whilst I've got this card in my hand, shall I just mention it as a location as yeah. well? So we could yeah. so so this is a new location called Pathless Country, as I said. Um it contributes three threat in the staging area um it takes five to progress through it which is pretty unpleasant it is uh it's type hills um <laughs> not type knee no <laughs> um and it's got a forced effect and it says after at least one progress token is placed on the pathless country remove one progress token from it now this Sounds simple enough. So basically, if you if you successfully quested for three, you'd put three on it, and then you'd take one away. So you'd actually only up, end up with two on it, and you'd have to do that every time until you could get past it. Now there is a little bit of controversy about a rule nuance on this, and oh, that. Well, can I tell you how I how I played it? No, go ahead. Yeah, I played it, but if I had something like a tracker, mm-hmm. or sorry, Lorian guide, say, or either one, yeah. Who's in a staging area? If I used that, I put one progress on it. I'd remove it straight away. Yep. If I had two or three trackers, none of them, you'd end up still with no progress put on it. Because as soon as you you don't put them all at the same time, you do one at a time, right? So you, you put one on, you take it off. You put one on, you take it off. For the trackers, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think anything where it says any action 
or anything that happens where it says place a progress yeah. token or two progress tokens, you just take one off immediately. Absolutely. So any, anything that says add a progress token, yeah. you're basically not adding a progress token. And for instance... That's the way I play No, it. that's absolutely correct. Yeah, for that, that's definitely... that You've definitely done that correctly. Well done. <laughs> There's, yay! What episode are we on? <laughs> um, so, and then, for example, again, so based on what you're saying, that if Legolas kills an enemy and he puts yeah. two progress on it, then two would go on and then one would come off. Um, exactly. Because he puts two on in one go. So the question that the, the sort of raises oh, is what it's, happens... It's when you finish it. Yeah, what happens if you... Which is what happened to me. Yeah, I quested quest for, for six. Well, I quested for five. Exactly five. Okay, five, sorry. Five, yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Um and so see, I count that as four. Well, yeah, but actually, maybe, actually, maybe that would complete it. exactly, and that's what I because you put it on first, yeah, and then it's instantly done. We said it's, it's the second it hits for yeah, thing. and that's so I was probably playing that wrong. I say every time I spilled over onto the quest card, I always did one less than it should be because I always took one off. Yeah, no, you, if that was for location, yeah. so I was doing that wrong. Actually, I should. So you've inadvertently made your life more difficult. So I've, I've inadvertently. So what this is, is the first little strands of karma coming for me for all of the inadvertent cheating I've done over the, over the last months. Yeah, so essentially I did a bit of a deep dive on this and it's quite hard because it's quite an old card, of course, but it's quite hard to find like the official rulings, but I did pretty much find it all apart. From, I mean, apart from absolutely finding a letter of intent from Fantasy Flight, I pretty much found the uh, the correct ruling on it. So basically, if you quest for exactly five, all those tokens will hit this card in one go. And it says on the card, forced, after at least one progress token is placed on Parvis Country, remove one progress from it. Now remember that series of events of when things happen. I remember it's like passive effects happen first, then forced, then responses. I think it's that's the correct order. So even though it's not really a, a passive event as such, the point of you exploring it will happen before the forced effect yeah. kicks in. It says after at least one progress taken is placed yeah. on part. And if you put the fifth progress so that second, that's complete. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, so that's one little rule nuance. Okay, we're flying through this. <laughs> Yeah. Can I talk about an enemy? Please do. And I'll tell you about one of my comedy endings to a game. This is one of the few close ones. And basically, I was at a point where I'd managed to survive. I was on the last quest card. I'd managed to survive. And uh, I had a couple of enemies engaged with me. And I was basically... and I, My allies went, apart from Arwen. And I was on my last legs. And I thought, I've just got to leg it through. So I did the maths. I brought out our chum Gandalf. And I thought, I'm just going all in questing. And I've got when revealed cancellation in my oh, hand. Right? So I think, so I worked it out. I thought, as long as there's not more than four, which gets drawn from the encounter deck, I'm going to do it, right? Okay. Bear in mind, Goblin Gate's already gone. Ah, Goblin Gate's gone because you've got three quest card two. So, quested everyone. Flip over the encounter card and it is Krebain, Krebain, however you pronounce this, these birds which have an engagement cost of 35, they're a creature by the way mm. they've got a threat of 2, hit for 0, a shield of 0 not, not. and 3 hit points 
not. Uh, what's wrong with me? I keep saying, what's happened to me? I've got to, this is that karma I've been talking about. It's like, geez, yeah, I'm worried about myself. And then it's got that word you just love to see, surge. That's <laughs> like, great. I think this is possibly the only surge card in this entire thing. Maybe I, I might be wrong about that. And then it says, well, Krebain, Krebain is in the staging area and counter card effects cannot be cancelled. Oh. So it's like, okay. And then suddenly I had the cold sweat. <laughs> and I thought, if I, something nasty comes off now, I'm in trouble. So I flip the next card. And what is it? Don't worry. It's fine. It's our old friends, the Black Uruks. Ah. Pretty bog standard yeah. only, right? Yeah. Who they, They've got a threat of two. So that's up to four. Boom. I'm just about by one. Yeah. I have cleared this. That's exactly what you needed. Yeah. Exactly what I needed. When revealed... The first player must choose and discard an attachment from a quest and character, if able. <laughs> the only attachment I have at this point is Calabrian Stone oh, no. on Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done it by one. I've taken it off now. I'm losing by one. <laughs> so I failed. Because I've, I've, well, I've matched the quest, but I failed by one token. Amazing. And in fact, it might have even been one of the Duna Dime marks, actually. But... Um, and it was so annoying. And then, and then, obviously, I had these enemies engaged who just had an undefended attacks, and I died instantly. And that was the end of that. <laughs> but that... Um, so it's not really for Surge. And as a creature, that Crabane lot aren't that no. tough, whatever. No. But that is a potentially... And, and this is just getting Black Uruks, you know, no biggie. Now, if you think about some of the other treacheries that we get on here and maybe we should start talking about some of those yeah. this can be an absolute game over card just because of that effect yeah i i mean let's just we will jump to the treacheries i've got a couple more enemies just to just to highlight because i i didn't really struggle with the enemies because i had such a fighty deck but i think there is it is worth mentioning a couple um one uh the goblin taskmaster which is a oh, God, yeah. look at this guy. It looks like an alien. He's a funky looking guy, isn't he? I always think he looks like a, like a praying mantis or something. Yeah, there is. Yeah, he's got something of that. He's, yeah, the only, look about the him. only good bug is a dead bug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he he it uh, has an engagement cost of twenty seven. Uh, contributes it's low. Mm, contributes two threat. Hits for two, defense for two, has a, a whopping four hit points. You've got to get six yeah, on this guy. That's just unnecessary. Um, <laughs> he has ambush. So, you know, if he's coming off the encounter deck, he's, you, you, chances are he's going to engage you straight away. But I didn't really struggle with ambush that much. Um, when it came out, it was like, more often than not, things would engage gauge me um and then i was actually just quite grateful that they weren't in the staging area actually for my questing um and then because i had such a fighty deck i could at least see what was what i had to deal with and then i would rather just be able to put the uh put the progress on the quest i was the same apart from the fact that so many of the shadows are returning attacking enemies <laughs> i fell foul of that many times <laughs> um 
especially with this guy's what what, what you're about to read yeah. next. And then okay, <laughs> so I, I was about to say the ambush didn't really cause me too much trouble, but of course you're almost being forced to engage this guy, and then it has a forced effect that says after Goblin Taskmaster engages a player, that player deals two damage to one character he controls. Um, so obviously that doesn't go on Arwen. So it's pretty unpleasant. I mean, I, I nearly always just chucked it on it on one of my heroes because. But, but this is exactly the kind of thing I would come a cropper of because if he's got ambush, yeah, and then he goes back to the staging area, then he engages you again when you do the checks, engagement checks. So you still got to put two more damage on. Somebody. Ah, but that's only on the Goblin Gate because in the Goblin Gate when the ambush cards come out is that right no 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 so it's when he engages the players it doesn't matter whether he attacks you okay well yeah so to do two attacks of course yeah, yeah to do two attacks of course yeah. but regardless every time this guy bounces back to the staging area and comes back again you've got to put two damage on <laughs> so when you get that shadow so i so i was keeping the shadow cancellation in mind for a couple of very specific things mm-hmm. and one thing in particular mm-hmm. which we, we should probably talk about in a second but but I ended up having to use it on cancelling the return enemy to the staging area quite a few times in my games. Because um, otherwise I was just going to... No, I was just I was going down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then there was just one other enemy, which actually, it, it looks much scarier than it is, I felt. And that's the wild bear. And it is, I mean, it's a wonderful bit of artwork. Absolutely beautiful, yeah. um, and it's it's a it's a big old bear. It's a big old bear, um, and that has an engagement cost of thirty four. Contributes not threat, um, hits for two, defense for three, and a massive five hit points. Now, I think I was maybe just a bit lucky when this guy came out because it nearly always came out when my threat was lower than thirty four. So this. This creature does have ambush, but because my my threat was lower, the engagement check didn't trigger, so it just oh, stayed okay. stayed up in the staging area, uh, contributing I a very th- rarely have that. <laughs> contributing a threat of <laughs> of naught, and then I would just try my best to spam it with things like hands upon the bow and unseen strike, as we discussed right. last episode, because this does have a if this does ambush you. It's got a very nasty force effect. When Wild Bear engages a player, it makes an immediate attack against, or similar to what, well, exactly what would happen if it was at the Goblin Gate. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't actually attack for that much, but you just don't want to be engaged with him because it's going to take a long time to kill. And this, again, to go back to the bouncing back to the staging area, the reason it was a real pain, even for someone like this, it only hits for two. Mm. You can probably defend it, but then you've exhausted a character. Yeah, and potentially a hero, and he goes back, comes back. And that's what really was getting me is I was just running out of people to be able to defend. And once you start taking undefended attacks in this game, it's not going to be you're not going to be long <laughs> off, off this world. No, no. <laughs> um, and I'll just very quickly mention we won't talk about detail. Chieftain of the Pit is here, <laughs> nasty, 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 nasty bloke. I never saw, and he's him. only got an engagement of 27. Oh, you didn't see, oh god, this guy's the worst. Hits for five. When revealed, Chieftain of Pit gets plus three until the end of the round. It's fantastic if you got that at, at the uh, Goblin Gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's all, but there's also the Archer, isn't he? He's, he's around. Now, here's the guy you do want at the Goblin Gate. Oh, yeah. You want this guy to attack you 
and get out of the staging area basically because he only hits for one and then you can just take him well he's got free shield actually but whatever yeah you can deal with him i think i didn't see him that often but i didn't even see the chief from the pit i've just gone through the deck now going just to uh, to, to see it with my own eyes yeah there's only one chieftain yeah yeah that just leaves in fact we just finish off the enemies there's only one other enemy. oh go ahead yeah and that's the uh, orc raiders now these can be tricky buggers as well they got an engagement cost of just 21 one threat a hit for three one shield and three hit points um ambush after this enemy enters play well it's just an ambush <laughs> um, but it's got this unbelievably annoying force effect and if this is i think this is why i had this one before why i ended up with only about one attachment left which i had to take off aragorn to lose the other game after orc raiders engages a player that player discards two attachments he controls <laughs> if able to ask so nasty and if this guy engages you bounces back and engages you again yeah. you've lost probably all your attachments <laughs> at this point you just got stuff flying off you sword over there where's your ring on earth over there there's calabrian stone oh that goblin's eating it up there. It's, like, it's just running it's like there's loot falling out but um see you yeah, you, so. you really came a cropper to to uh what i normally have happening with the wags which is why i hate them so much but it's uh yeah because- and that never bothered me before <laughs> This is more karma. What's it? Things are, yeah. yeah things it's, are turning. It's strange. Things are turning. Yeah, this is not good. Um, right. The- I'm going to be sitting there next winter in my garden <laughs> furniture. <laughs> um, okay. There is one very large olifant in the room, which, if yes. you happen to know this encounter set, you know there is one card we're not talking about. But I will delay that for one more moment because there is one other card I want to mention because purely because there is a slight rules thing on it and that is a treachery called followed by night um this is the only card i felt i needed to look up ah. when i played this game okay so and i'm glad i did because it wasn't the direction i thought it was going ah. okay so i think you're gonna you basically have already answered for yourself why there is a slight uh, rules question with it so it states this when revealed the first player Brackets, choose one, deals one damage to all allies in play and followed by night gain surge. Or all enemies engaged with players make an immediate attack if able. Now, I am guessing that you had no enemies engaged with you at the time. Correct. So you want, you wanted to look up. Does that mean you can choose that and have... Yeah. And basically... And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you for why. It's... Normally, as we know, well documented in this podcast, I'd go for worst case scenario, mm-hmm. right? But it does because it's. I think it's quite specific about what it says on the card, yeah. and actually, it's straightforward. And it says the first player choose one. Yeah, you can choose deal one damage to all allies followed, and then do surge, or and then the statement is all enemies engaged with players make an immediate attack if able. Absolutely, and I'm going to choose all enemies engaged. Yeah, with, yeah make an immediate attack and yeah. if it. Didn't happen to be any exactly. So be it. If the number of enemies but, was that, that's what made me. Yeah. If the number of enemies happens to be naught, then you're you're golden, and you played it absolutely exactly. correctly. Um, yeah, I, I did look it up though because I thought is that too good to be true? So my paranoia. Is, and going is... <laughs> forward in the game, it is too good to be true. By the way, because what they sort of changed, well, not really changed. There is another when in the future, and I think actually maybe we've already seen it as well. 
It's just not on this specific card. Is if the wording is uh, the first player or the last player or whatever it decides to say, must, and then rather than choose one, the first player must deal one damage to all allies in play and followed by night gain search or all enemies engage with a player, make an immediate attack. That use of the word must, if I understand this correctly in the fact, is basically it means that you have to carry out one of those um, stipulations that has an effect. Now, it doesn't really work as an example for this one because you could still say, well, I must have all enemies engaged with me, make an immediate attack, and that's still yeah. that's still not. Um, but you'll see it going yeah. forward that they make it quite specific that when it says that you have to do this or this, when they put must there, you'll see how it's written that it's like you... Basically, you have to choose something which does something bad to you. <laughs> yeah, but you'll yeah, it makes but sense. you'll see yeah. that, and you'll definitely see the word "must" be added to these sort of cards. Uh, but like you said, I I think I saw this card three times, and by chance, every single time, I didn't have any enemies engaged with me. So yeah, I think I was the yeah. same. Luckily, yeah. And just a quick word: Shadow Return attacking enemy to the staging area. <laughs> just want to chuck that one over. Right. Okay. I think we've waited long enough. So I think we've only got three new cards left oh, anyway okay. to go through. So I think, well, in fact, let me just get this one out of the way very quickly. Simple one. It's a location, Baron Hills, two threat. You need four to get through it. Type Hills. Mm-hmm. More great artwork. Um, while Baron Hills is the active location, ignore Ambush. Oh. Okay. And the reason I wanted to mention this was just purely because I, I just love the theming. And you look at the artwork and everything's kind of... There's a couple of things to hide behind, yeah. but not too... You can't really ambush someone. You know, it's it's another kind of friendly location, yeah, which yeah. I love. And so I just love the idea of you're in a place geographically where it's not possible to physically get ambushed. Yeah, you know? yeah. Theme, and, the theme is lovely there. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. Really, really good. So, yeah, I just want to mention that one very quickly. It, was, it, was, it, it, it deserved a mention. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you say there's one other card. I mean, we we have we no, we got we got two. We, there are two we have, cards. Left. Yeah, but we have, we have teased the one that we've like. I think we've we've tried to start talking about it about six times, but we're not even going to do it now. What's the second no. to last card, Em? Okay, so the second. I, I'll I'll leave the last one to your good self, and I will read this one. Now I got a bit lucky with this one, I think, but this could be potentially unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it is it's just Treachery, Orc, Ambush. And Surge, it's got Surge on it as well. This is the other Surge There card. you go. When revealed, all Orc enemies in the staging area engage the first player. So that could be pretty nasty. If there's only one, you maybe get yeah. away with it, whatever. Yeah. However, it goes on to say, if there are no Orc enemies in the staging area... Return all orc enemies in the encounter discard pile to the staging area if able. Yeah. So you could end up orc ambush. You could end up with what, ten or fifteen yeah. if you're unlucky cards there. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Here they come. I'm, you're going down. <laughs> the, the more the more I listen to you, the more I think I just got absolute luck of the draw with this set because yeah, I think I did. I think I did too, because I, I I saw this card a couple of times and I I didn't really have much effect on me. Of course, the surge is nasty, and I think the last time I saw it was this very last game I played this evening, and it came out as the first card from Quest Card One A. So of course I got a surge, 
But it didn't do anything. So, I mean, I got another card to replace it, but it got this one out of the way. So, thank you very much. What you want is what you want is a whole bunch of orcs in the staging area, right? And then you get this, and they all engage you. And then on the surge, you get another one of these. And then you get all the ones from the encounter to Scarpal come into the stage. It's just like wave after wave. <laughs> <laughs> now, someone somewhere yeah, playing this yeah. must have seen that combo. Yeah. Just suddenly went from being complete control to just <laughs> like lines, be some, lines of armies. There'll be someone listening to this. <laughs> Just going, what do you mean it didn't cause you any trouble? <laughs> yeah, you know nothing. You haven't lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, John. Well, that brings us swiftly on. Swiftly on. Swiftly, yeah. To, to the very last card. And God, I think okay. this is a particular favourite of, of your good self. Well, it? But I think well, it's going to be a favourite of everyone's. Yeah, it? I mean, when I set up this quest to play again to refresh ourselves on it, I uh, set up the encounter decks and I put my deck together and I just sort of started playing one casually one night. Things were coming off the encounter deck. Oh, there's a bear, there's some orcs. And then this treachery came off of the encounter deck and I just went, oh. Oh, yeah. It's this one. (laughs) (laughs) This is an infamous treachery. And it's infamous treasure. <laughs> I love that. He, he exclaimed. And it is beautifully thematic and utterly, utterly horrendous. And it is called Sleeping Sentry. You ready for that, this? That could be me. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Sentry GT is not my thing. I'm going to, I'll read the one revealed effect and you're going to say, oh, that's horrible. And then I'll read the shadow effect. So when revealed, deal one damage to each exhausted character. Then exhaust all ready characters. So I got this and I was like, oh my God, that's horrendous. I remember this one. This is insane. I didn't even read the shadow. We'll come to that in a second. Um, (laughs) So basically, you've quested a bunch of characters. You've got them all exhausted there. They all get one damage, and then everybody else you got on the table gets exhausted. So good luck with anything else that round. So if that comes out at the wrong time, that can really be a game ender. If you've got lots of enemies to face, and you have no way of readying people, I mean, you had now, now your uh, ever vigilant is sounding pretty tasty. Exactly. (laughs) As long as you've got the bugger in your head. Yeah, this is this is potentially horrific. So before yeah. we talk about the shadow, yeah, I'd like to point out I've had this card twice in two of the games I played as the first one revealed during the setup. Perfect. <laughs> one time it was fine. I got a location. Well, I failed questing. I travelled there, but I basically to end up with a couple more threat than I yeah. should have. But I yeah. got rid of one of these, so I thought yeah. it's fine. Exactly. The second time it happened. Everyone, so but obviously everyone exhausts, so everyone's lying down. And then I got chieftain off a pit. <laughs> so, which hero is dying with his hit? Was hitting for eight on his first go? And by the way, next time he's hitting for five, and that was basically game over, pretty much from <laughs> from the first go. Amazing. So yeah, this one, but yeah, you get this one at the wrong time, and well, at any time. No, you, you get this one at any time. Any time, <laughs> just destroy. You. It's horrible. 
deal one damage to each exhaust. You're basically you're pretty much going to be questing Arwen. Yeah, almost almost every time, right? Absolutely, I would think. Right, I think once you've got one damage on Arwen, yeah, you might think twice about questing her. But I never did. I quested her every time anyway. <laughs> I just, but that's why you need that kind of cancellation there. If but she bear wants, mind, well, if she wants to take us to take her over the mountains and off the road to Rivendell, she can pull her weight. Is what I say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on, Arwen. Even I'll take you along for a ride. I'm tired. She wouldn't get tired. It's Arwen. No, we'd be tired. Can I point out? So this was another, um, another one where I had the Krebine Classic. <laughs> it's a golf tournament, isn't it? The, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Invitation only. So this, so as a reminder, when Krebine is in the staging area, encounter card effects cannot be cancelled. Oh, and it, with surge, so you surge into that, and you into a sleeping sentry. You cannot cancel it if you've got that one. So it's just horrible. So yeah, we're gone. So I mean, I didn't have cancellation for one revealed effects in my in my deck anyway. So I just had to take it on the chin. Had to deal with it. Okay. Um, and how about how about your shadow? Well, I love. Well, <laughs> just before we hit that shadow, I love the theme. So you've got a sleeping sentry. Yeah. You've got someone who's meant to be keeping watch. But you're all exhausted. You're dead weary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so your sentry's fallen asleep, and then some nasty assassin has snuck into the camp and is going to stab everyone who's sleeping. And and then weirdly, everyone else falls asleep. But I don't really understand that bit. <laughs> but everyone else is asleep because you've got a sentry. Why would you have a sentry if everyone's else awake? It's at night time. You're resting at camp. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it it could be worse. It could be exhaust everyone and then deal one damage to every exhausted character. I've just made it worse. So, so basically what it is, right? The way I see it, and maybe this is my interpretation, but deal one damage to each exhausted character. So all the ones who are resting and yeah. sleeping they all get are getting damaged because somebody's coming, coming for them. Yeah, yeah. But then the other ones who are awake kind of fend them off or whatever. But then they're exhausted because they're in a battle, but they don't happen to lose. They don't get hit by anything. That's the way I've always I like that. that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. 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 Okay. We've, oh. <laughs> we've managed to justify another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The time has come. So let's say you've managed to avoid this as a when revealed treachery. But let's say you're defending some uh, some lowly orcs and you happen to reveal this as a shadow card. Simply says this. Shadow. Defending player must discard all exhausted characters he controls. Goodbye, Owen. <laughs> I mean, if that's... So it's not, everyone who's questing. It's everyone who's quested. Anyone who's already defended. The defender you've just exhausted yeah. to reveal this shadow card. So ev- even if... That isn't game over at this point of revealing the shadow. You're going to take an undefended attack with whoever you've got left ready. <laughs> because this is going to be on a... Oh, that's true. God, I didn't even think about that. Because normally... No, because no, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's normally game over. Yeah, because it's normally... If you manage to reveal this as a shadow and it's not game over, then uh, I think you're in the minority. <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't think of that, obviously. So it's even got that implicate. Even if you did happen to be smart and say, I'm not going to quest Arwen because I know that's going to destroy me. Yeah. Then you're defending with somebody. Yeah. And that per- whoever whoever is defending. Is oh, they're gone. They're gone. 
So that's because it's not even it's not even all it's not even all allies. It's all characters. All characters. Any hero. Yeah. Dead. Just gone. And if you do have to have one left, but when they're taking an undefended attack, yeah. at best, at best, <laughs> that's your best case scenario. <laughs> It's a genius card, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's I love funny. it. I mean, I, I, there, there was a lot of controversy about this card that it was so unfair. But the thing is, for oh, me, I love it. I, 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 no, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's this game is incredibly unfair at times, and once in a while, there is one card which turns it up to eleven, and I think that's fine. Once in a while, think, uh, once in a while, yeah. you put a card in which is unbeatable, and it's like, yeah, why not? Well, and it's and it's not unbeatable. If you have shadow cancellation, yeah. you cancel it. And I and I don't think I wouldn't say it's like it's fair. I think it's great. I think you should once in a while absolutely put these wildcards in. Then yeah. you got to think, okay, to get through the specific quest, okay, I can put a shadow cancel. But is there another thing I can do? Yeah. I love the different ways you can play. So the easy option, shadow cancellation, right? So you had the defender of um, no the Dune Dine Watcher, and and I had shadow cancellation, right? Because a spirit deck. But there are other ways to do it. You think you can be a bit smart about? Well, you know, I haven't seen one of those yet. I've got a feeling one of them's cropping up at yeah, some point. Yeah, so you, start you might fainting. have a bit of fear. So I won't quest Darwin. I'll be a bit more conservative, or whatever. Oh, it didn't come up this time. Damn it! You know, and yeah. it, it can just bring you know drama and tension to the game. And why wouldn't you want that? Yeah, you know, I'm, absolutely. I'm a card of death. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. I love the. Idea. It's hilarious because it's also. It's not a particularly long quest to play, and um, yeah, if once true. in a while you have a comedic way of ending it, yeah, yeah. then so, so uh, be it. Oh, it's great. Yeah, exactly. Great. No, I, I I love it too. I mean, I think we discussed this very much, maybe even the first ever podcast or something, first couple, where we talk about what we like about games. And uh, like I think I mentioned that when I, I didn't play, well, actually we did play a fair old few games with, with my family when I was growing up but we always tended to like games where you could you know so, where you could really like stitch up another player yeah, yeah. or suddenly something could happen switch a whole thing around you know and that was uh, I think I think that's always appealed to me so yeah. I guess if you approach from a point of view actually I'm sort of building something slowly and I'm so doing it and then something like that comes out of left field it could it, yeah, could completely do your head and I, I understand that but for me personally, no, I think this is, I think it's great, and yeah. I think this is one of the things which really adds to the enjoyment of his quest. Frankly, oh, for sure, I absolutely love it, and and, and I do understand. I would be, understand the frustration about it more if this quest took three hours to complete, yeah, and then it came exactly. out at the very end, and it and <laughs> and you know, and you had no way. That would of still be it. funny though. <laughs> That'd be even funny. Oh. <laughs> you play it in real time. Leagues and leagues. <laughs> yes, the last thing, last thing Elrond said just before he set off in this ridiculous journey, don't fall asleep. <laughs> what, was, what was that? Nothing. <laughs> Have fun. No, not Elrond. Um, Caliborn. Elrond's who we're going to see. Sorry. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I'm getting my elves mixed up. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I I can't believe how many times we teased we were going to get to that card throughout the uh, duration of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is the one to save to the last, isn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I think well, we've, well, I am dead weary. 
<laughs> yes, so have I. But I think we've covered everything. But but um, okay. So what what are your final thoughts on the quest? What how did you find it? I mean, we kind of we kind of touched on now that we yeah. both both really enjoyed it. But uh, I think just the fact that I replayed it a lot of times with the same deck and enjoyed it all the way through. Is is the proof of what I think of it? I think so. Yeah. Instead of saying, "Oh, I need to just," I was I was very eager just to dive back in mm-hmm. and see what happened. So it was a surprisingly replayable quest. Yeah, I say surprisingly. Why should it be surprising? I, I think it's like you said at the beginning. Maybe a bit more of like a traditional in inverted commas. If mm-hmm. I say, yeah, if there's nothing. There's no like loads of special rules and special things you got to do. It's very yeah. much a using the standard way of playing kind of thing, which is one or two things with like Arwen and the. And the and the um, uh, ambush, ambush. Thank you, uh, thrown in there. So it's um, yeah. From that perspective, it's fairly straightforward in terms of the you know mechanics of it and everything. Yeah. But I think thematically, it works great. I really enjoyed the whole ambush part about how that works into the theme as well. Like I mentioned, some of the locations working yeah. against that, I really like. So. It ticked all my, my favorite kind of boxes, which was that it was even though it was quite fighty, it never. It, I still felt like it was you were on a long journey trying to fight off people yeah. trying to trying to ambush you basically. And if when you lost, you felt ambushed, and it was over quickly, and you got over overrun, you know. So yeah, I, I thought yeah, it was fun to play. It was replayable, and it was really thematic. So yeah, it gets a big thumbs up from me. Actually, yeah. I really like it. Absolutely, I I don't think I can put it any better. So I I won't I won't repeat it. But I think that's absolutely it. I think I love the theme of it. I didn't find it that difficult. I mean, the no. I mean, but it, the official rating was four. Did you say? Yeah, difficult? four. Said, yeah, yeah, and I would say that's probably about right. I mean, yeah. If I didn't get absolutely stitched up on the first round, I would <laughs> I, I would sail through it. But it wasn't so much that it was boring because of that i really enjoyed sailing through it It was still yeah, yeah. it was still a fun process you know to, Absolutely. To, and it was really good to see we both had different styles of decks so there's obviously different ways you can skin this particular cat oh that's back to your documentary <laughs> um, <laughs> um but and that's but that's nice it's, it's so it shows it is quite a fun uh it's quite a good because it's a simpler quest, not to belittle it, but because it's simpler, because it's quite a good one for deck testing. So you can put a different yeah, deck together. You can see right. how it plays together. You know, you can go, well, actually, this deck kind of flows because this this quest has got a bit of fighting. It's got a you you you've got some um, unpredictable treacheries, to say the least, and you've got some interesting locations. So it's got a little bit of everything, but it's not overly complex. You don't have to design a deck specifically to defeat it. And right. for me, I think that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, I do like the the, the quests which are, uh, really do pose a challenge because I like to be tested. But once in a while, it's nice to have something which is just a bit of a, well, just a, a bit of a, a riot to play, actually. Yeah, a bit of a release. And I think, yeah, I think you and I are similar. We, we love the variety mm-hmm. of the quests. What was the name of the quest where it's really, really questy? Where you got to? Uh, is it the mountain ones? Oh, the hills, the, the, the hills of M and Mule. Yes, that that one, which is really like a long slog, doing yeah. a lot of questing and not too much fighting. To the, and for example, I found that one really playable and yeah. replayable. Yeah, actually, yeah. even though it took a long time, 
You really, I found myself really drawn into it. I can imagine that wouldn't be the same for everybody. No, I, I think some w- people would like lots of encounters and lots of mm-hmm. things happening all the time. But I like that too. But I, I love the mixture. You get, it gets you into a different. Again, it comes back to theme, I think, because what I like about this game is that it can pull you into those different directions. So you can really pull you into that kind of almost like tunnel vision, mm-hmm. zoning out, long quest kind of thing, you know, going over these huge geographical ranges. Or something like this, which is a bit smaller than that, but it's like one road, yeah, one journey you're sort of going on. Or sometimes they could be, you're just in one place having a massive battle, you know? <laughs> you, you know, and I love a quest like that too. So I think for way, and obviously all the shades in between. And yeah, I, I love how they mix them up in different quests and order them in that way so you can kind of get that sort of different flow of experiences yeah. as you're playing through. So yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, no, great. I absolutely agree, hundred percent. Um, yeah, so big thumbs up from both of us for this one. All right, well, <laughs> dear listener, we we had a little discussion about whether or not we would uh, discuss this question in a slightly different way because it might condense how. Uh, how <laughs> it didn't. That did not work. It did not work. If any, if anything. <laughs> Yeah, it it took longer. longer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to, yeah. We'll, we'll have a rethink. But, we'll revisit. <laughs> but some, we just like these questions. We like talking about them. And sometimes we just get carried away. And um, if you don't mind listening to us, we will happily talk about these quests all night. So, um, but I do think we should probably wrap things up. Yes, now. I think I'm, I'm, I'm dead hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um so next time we'll be back discussing player cards um it will be either leadership law or spirit from the dwaradelf i think again what cycle yes, we're on from enough. the dwaradelf cycle <laughs> um but if you would like to get in touch with us before then there are a few ways you can do it you can get in touch with us via email which is laytotherings at gmail.com you can contact us via Twitter, which is at Late to the Rings. And there is the Board Game Geek thread, which, as ever, there'll be a link to in the show notes. So, with that, <laughs> all it leaves me to say is... Th- <laughs> what are you laughing we've at? Got, we've, got, we've got through leagues and leagues of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All it leaves me to say is thanks once again for listening. And until next time, take care out there and goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) That was the worst goodbye ever. Was it? Shall I do another one? Yeah, go. And goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. And goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) How's that? Perfect. I I normally normally have me in the the background anyway. I do goodbye. I know. Okay, let me try this. Bye. How's that? You know I'm leaving all of this in. Oh, yeah. <laughs>